I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. A Senate Banking Subcommittee held a hearing last week to try and figure out what's causing inflation and supply chain bottlenecks. Uh, But sadly, it fell into that same problem of they really aren't hearings because nobody's listening and very few are asking any questions. Even when they have experts right in front of them, often the important questions don't get asked so that a member of Congress uh, can make their statement for social media or in hopes of getting on national cable news. One of those experts that was in the room, Brian Reels, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, he's also the budget and spending architect for four different presidential campaigns, including Mitt Romney's back in 2012. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us. You were in the room where it happened. You were called there to be a witness. You got to make an opening statement. And then the hearing wasn't really much of a hearing. Yeah, I... Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I was invited to testify on the causes of inflation, and I gave my five-minute opening statement on the general causes, and then the hearing went in a different direction, where they made some very bizarre arguments, specifically Elizabeth Warren made some very bizarre arguments about inflation, and the entire rest of the hearing, I was never called on to say a (laughs) word. So, if you want the definition of torture for a policy analyst, it's sitting there for two hours, listening to people say things that are flat out wrong and having to just sit there and not say a word it was it was torture wow that's like one of those nightmares where like you have the golden answer and you just you don't get that chance to <laughs> to say anything exactly exactly uh, i was I, I i was keeping it very professional for the first half of the hearing and by the last 30 minutes i was sitting there with my hands over my face <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's dig into some of the things that should have been asked, uh, and and hopefully that you and the other experts that were there could have had a, a chance to respond, because this is one of those crucial conversations that we have to have as a country, and we should have it in front of the American people. Uh, but again, these, these hearings aren't hearings because no questions are asked and nobody's really listening. Everyone's looking for their social media moment to send back home. Uh, but what are some of the things that should have been asked? Where should the conversation have gone? Yeah, yeah I mean... My focus was how um, the American Rescue Plan was a big driver of inflation. The $1.9 trillion spending program last year, when the actual output gap in the economy, the amount we needed to get the full employment, was only $400 billion. (laughs) They shot a $1.9 trillion bazooka into a $400 billion output gap. 
they also pretty much ignored the $4.8 trillion the Federal Reserve has pumped into the economy, basically through the printing press. And instead, they focused on child care and the idea that if we give child care subsidies, that's going to be the major thing that gets rid of inflation, which not only is their child care plan would actually raise child care prices, but the entire contention they made that that child care subsidies would increase the amount of people who work because they wouldn't have to stay home with their kids, and that would in turn reduce inflation, has absolutely no basis in economics. Like, that's, just, that's not taught anywhere in standard economics that it would reduce inflation. I didn't get a chance to say any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and and I know this is just to be very clear for all of our listeners. Uh, this is not you complaining about not getting your airtime. Uh, this is just bad for the country. If if lawmakers you know can't hear opposing points of view, we're never going to get to a solution that's actually going to work for the American people. Right. I mean, there were three Democratic witnesses that that spent two hours with the senators uh, discussing their views. But I think the point of these hearings is to have a healthy back and forth. It's to have an airing of all views and it's to test out certain views and, and to debate. And when one side decides that they're going to just agree with each other for the next two hours and the other side isn't given a chance to speak, you just end up having a lot of incorrect statements that aren't, aren't really held accountable. And so, you know, the sad thing is a lot of these hearings, as you said, they're theater. Um, a lot of the, the lawmakers aren't there to learn anything new. They're there to make a YouTube moment or a Twitter moment. But really, what, what we need is to have an exchange of ideas um, and find out which, which ideas can win. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's critical. And whether it's a, the child care component that you talked about, or student debt cancellation, or or even proposals, um, you know, that can come from both sides, from both conservatives and liberals, uh, to actually address inflation and supply chain problems. Uh, how do we get to that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we need to have that. There's there's a multifaceted way of dealing with inflation. I mean, the first thing is first do no harm. Stop spending money. Um, the, you know, the federal government should not be passing a three trillion dollar Build Back Better plan when inflation is already at eight and a half percent. Second, the Federal Reserve is probably going to have to have a role tightening um, and raising interest rates a little bit, as much as this hurts me as someone who's looking for a new house right now. <laughs> this is killing me. We're seeing mortgage rates rise, but I think we need it. But, you know, there's other factors. There's, there's so many tariffs in place. In fact, the Biden administration is continually adding new tariffs that's raising prices. They're also implementing regulations um, to raise the cost of construction, to raise the cost of federal contractors. Um, most of them are, are union rules that say we're only going to buy you know, union workers at a high prevailing wage. We're only going to buy American products. We're not going to allow imports. A lot of people may like these ideas for other reasons, but the cumulative effect is they all raise prices. And so I think we have to balance the competing interests of these policies with the fact that they're all raising prices. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the conversation that uh, I, I think the administration has missed in terms of having with the American people that uh, I think their communication strategy, regardless of whether people like their policy strategy or not, you got to be able to communicate that in a way 
that the American people who are feeling something vastly different, I think, from what uh, has been served up in, in many of these so-called hearings, uh, that that conversation has got to be just a little bit different. Uh, so, Brian, as, as we move forward, as we move mm-hmm. forward on this, what what is the, the next part of this conversation? Or are we going to pretty much just say, well, we're going to ride things out through the midterms, uh, then recalibrate, regroup, and uh, see where we go from there? Well, I think, I think in, in terms of inflation, we're, we're going to keep having the conversation over what government should do. Uh, the thing we're hearing right now is student loan forgiveness. Uh, it, this, we, they've paused again student loan payments for the next um, several months. That itself is going to be inflationary as well. Well, by usually by about 0.2, 0.3 percentage points are going to add to inflation. If the president considers doing full-scale loan forgiveness, like just wiping out the entire $1.6 trillion in student loans, which would be a drastically bad policy for many reasons, that would be inflationary as well. Uh, so I think where it goes is... You know, making sure we don't do Build Back Better, which is going to be highly inflationary. Making sure that we that we use prudent policy on student loans, and again revisit things like tariffs and regulations. Otherwise, you know, it, it, inflation is going to stay elevated for a very long time. And you know, I, I remember forty years ago, the longer and the higher inflation goes, the more painful it is to bring it down. You get to the point where the Federal Reserve have to basically crash the economy into a recession just to stop the inflation. I don't want to get to that point. Yeah, so crucial. Brian Riedel, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a uh, got to give an opening statement and then had to sit on his hands and uh, no microphone uh, to respond because there were no questions. This is my biggest gripe about Congress and congressional hearings. Uh, they've got to ask questions. They have to be willing to listen and learn and stay curious. Both sides of the aisle have got to stay curious if we're going to get to the right kinds of solutions. Brian, thanks for joining us today as always. Thank you. Uh, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. This week we lost former Transportation Secretary Norman Mineta, an American politician with an extraordinary backstory that many people have missed. We're going to talk about it with former California State Assemblyman and Utah Floyd Morey coming up next. Don't miss it right here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.